Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 feature film, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com. And I'm another host, Jonathan Carlyle of The Princess Bride Minute. And I'm your third host, Tabitha Carlisle, friend of Minute by Minute Podcasts. Cool. Uh, it's always great having having the Carlisles on. And we're in one of the... This, I, I really... I, I, I feel I have to apologize about this minute where we're sitting at a bistro <laughs> table in a gray, gray-walled cafeteria. <laughs> but there's a... There's some interesting concepts being brought up, so I, there's there's things there's things to talk about, and we get you know suppositories and cigarettes, so you know what's what's not to like about this? I mean. <laughs> Smoking suppositories, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I wonder if they have matches. I don't. You know, there's so many things that I wonder that they they don't have with them. Um, oh yeah, I bet they don't have matches or anything like that down there. Yeah, I mean it's all of their stuff as. Earlier on, we saw that they had a locker room up on the fifth floor or on the first floor in the red zone, and uh, they they like took off their watches and wallets and all that and and stuffed it in the locker. I was trying to figure out if on your way out, how do you get out of there? Do you just take the elevator up to one, or do you have to decompress or something? It's it's all just very. I would think that you would have to decompress at each level because who knows what you came in contact with on five and you don't want to take that back up to the top. Yeah. So I would yeah, think might... that they would have to go through some kind of decompression, uh, desanitizing. <laughs> yeah. Something, yeah, just on some, the way up. something where they're, they're fit to get back in their street clothes and they probably have to go mm-hmm. through like a, you know, like we do with the COVID checks, they're probably doing a temperature check and then they swab and find out if there's any kind of, uh, infections that you brought out with you. Right. Um, and yeah. They may we... keep them quarantined for, a certain amount of time before they can go back out yeah, of society. It doesn't like do they sleep in dorm rooms up on the first floor or how you know, I, I I can't imagine that there all of a sudden you see a bunch of people in red jumpsuits sitting out on the porch of that agricultural station. It it's um yeah, it's just I don't know. There's I have this movie generates more questions for me after watching it than when I was watching it. I I just wanna know <laughs> And we never did find out what happened to Dempsey. Um, he, you know, he didn't get the pl- if, if you remember it, that a couple of minutes ago, there was that one scene where Hall and Stone, after going down to Piedmont, they come down uh, the little elevator and go in and plug in and have their have their suit burned off them. But we didn't see Dempsey get that done. So I was just wondering if that uh, that fighter jet ever did uh, incinerate him on the way home. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Stone, you know, it's it's just horrible things to think about but right it you know if, if they're ready to to nuke everybody that was in the building i can't see that you know dempsey is, is uh he's a loose thread that needs to get cleaned up um it's it's weird but anyway we're, we're back in the we're back in the cafeteria and uh they're talking about the uh the speaking of ethics they're talking about the uh, efficacy of destroying a uh, a new life form an extraterrestrial life form that may be trying to communicate with us. Um, it's uh, I I I wish Michael Crichton were still alive because uh, I would love to ask him if he had gotten the idea from uh, Asimov. Isaac Asimov wrote a wrote a story that was originally called Green Patches that was later changed to the name Mis- Misbegotten Missionary, 
and it was about a bacteria that was sort of like the Borg. It tried to, it took over every animal life form, or, or actually like uh, invasion of the body snatchers. It it became a single form of life that took over a, a planet, and it was uh, it would uh, it disguise itself as like a twig or a uh, you know a, a a wart or something on somebody's fingers. But what it uh, what it did was it tried it to get. Uh, to earth it had disguised itself as a piece of wire and it took over uh, a, a circuit board in a, in a spaceship that was heading to earth and uh, they weren't sure if they were if they had been contaminated on the ship or not when they get to uh, when they get to earth they're they're thinking well they're not contaminated no problem and then they can't get the door open and what happened was when they pushed the door open button the circuit board that was going to open the door uh, was the uh, was the creature that was going to take over the world, and it had actually gotten it closed the circuit and uh, got turned into dust because <laughs> it was it, it had interrupted the circuit and just got electrocuted uh, just before it was about uh, to take over the world. So that's that's what I keep thinking of uh, with with Charles Dutton here uh, explaining about how uh, you know, we might we might want to be nice to these creatures, although you know they, for all they know that they might be the Borg coming, right. Um, it's uh yeah it's it, it, it's interesting they de- they never give a lot there's a lot of great ideas in this movie but they never give them a lot of time to uh, expand on them um and i guess that's the same problem with jurassic park jurassic park had some interesting uh moral and ethical decisions to make but then they they just went to you know tyrannosaurus chewing up the countryside um <laughs> It's uh yeah it, it uh it's interesting and and then of course there's the other ethical dilemma of Hall was worried about the two patients that he has the two survivors from Piedmont and uh, Stone is looking at them as you know some species of or, or like they're guinea pigs subjects like they're, yeah yes and uh, we'll find out later how he looks at you know their subjects like like rhesus monkeys and uh, rats mm-hmm. so uh, yeah he's. Stone is not really. Um, he's supposed to be the hero and the good guy in this, but I I never get the good guy vibe from him. Oh, not at all. From the moment I started watching this movie, I really wondered what was going to happen with him because he always seemed to have kind of a sneaky. I know more than what I'm letting on uh, yeah. vibe to him, and I was like, what what is going on with him? You know, um, I, I never really got a good guy feeling. I. I liked uh, Dr. Dutton. I get a good feeling from him. You know, I mean, like, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, he, I, I but think he uh, keeps, not Dr. He, Stone. He, yeah, he, Dr. Stone, I think Dutton kind of tries to instill some goodness in Stone because I, I, realize, I think Dutton realizes what a maniac Stone could be. And mm-hmm. um, there's all this, you know, this creepy undertones that Stone kind of knows what's going on with the the military and scoop seven that that scoop seven was a was a mission to go find the ultimate weapon in space you know the ultimate bio warfare weapon Mm -hmm. and uh and he knew all the time but he didn't let on he just had this team that he's like oh don't worry we're just you know seeking out new life and new civilizations thing but really it's it's finding the next you know the the ultimate h-bomb kind of a thing to uh to take over the world um it's uh, I, I think I, I know there's been a TV movie which I haven't seen uh, a remake of this but I think if, if a remake of this 
movie would happen, I think it would be a lot more uh, evil. I don't. I don't think they would be playing Stone as such a uh, a hero type. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're down to. Oh, we do get to the part where uh, uh, where the recorded announcement says uh, you can now proceed to level five, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Dr. Dr. Levitt, she she knows the world that she's in, though. Yeah. It's like the recording happens, and then she, as if she could respond to the recording, just gives it like the sarcastic nod of like, yeah, thanks. I got it. Yeah. 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 She just about she just about looks at the camera like, can you believe this? <laughs> but right. she, you know, she's in a, it's the 70s. It's And it's the early, early 70s. This is pre-Mary Tyler Moore. So it's you know she's probably had to put up with this her entire career um and yeah i think yeah she's probably always had to kind of be one of the guys to you know to get ahead in the field that she's she's in yeah i, I mean i'm sure she's also pondering you know well well they they separate each other so they can go do the locker room you know naked guy stuff wandering around uh doing the medical things She's off on a different track, and she's probably thinking to herself, they're probably talking out the situation already, and they're going to be ahead of me by the time we get down to level five. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think it it informs a lot on her personality, that she has to be the way she is. Plus, you know, as we'll find out later, she's hiding a medical condition that would also crater her career if uh, if anybody found out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, yeah, she's really... I think the most human of the characters in there. I, I, there, the way that the the script is presented, it's either Hall or Stone, who are the heroes in this. But I keep thinking that Levitt's the heart of the audience. She's the, she's the she's the one I think most people would say if I were in this situation, I'd be just like Levitt. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Stone offering them all suppositories as the final insult. Um, I would have thought that would have been like one of the first steps they would have done. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If you know, if you're wanting to uh, clear out the digestive system of any sugar and things, you you'd think that that would have happened up in the scrubbing phases. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, um, it's not. Uh, you know, this it doesn't seem like. I mean, I I I I know I don't know if you all are at the age of having uh, the the colonoscopy, but when you go through one of these things, you're gonna be you're going to be pretty much down for the count for about eight hours while you're cleaning right. up the system. So um, I, I would think that you would want to have done that somewhere while they had all the baths and the scrubbers and the, you know, and all that stuff. And then by the time you got to level four, uh, all done, every, you know, <laughs> clean as a whistle. Um, right. Because now this is going to take another amount of time, you know, half day to a day to get the rest of the system cleaned out. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're down there in uh in level five, I think you'd be like, I don't care where anything else is. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> right. They're probably like, we don't have any bathrooms on level five. Yeah, no, I, any, no, no, support germs or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it could. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's very weird. Um, but uh, we finally get out. I mean, this is finally the end of the cleaning session we are one we are one hour to the movie and we've finally finished you know 59 minutes in we've finally cleaned out the system um <laughs> and 
they're back at, they're in level five they woke up at four o'clock and now we get a, a title saying that it's level five it's 4 30 in the movie at 4 30 in the morning and uh I, I there's no i there's things that i wonder about like is there shift work in this are there are there three full shifts running 24 7 do they all take a break at the same time that all that stuff i just i what is the what's the crew rotation on the regulars who are there i mean we see all these people wandering around who've already gone through the you know their medical stuff and they're they're like regulars at wildfire but we don't we don't get any of that um and you know again it's a two-hour movie so uh it's Man, it's a little it's, bit... it's gotta not be fun to be a yeah. regular at wildfire especially on the lower levels yeah to... yeah you're you're 16 hours away from the you know the agricultural station so it would take you a day to get out of there so if you have the weekend off 32 of your 48 hours have to be spent going up and down and getting scrubbed and having your yeah. skin pe- burned off so uh yeah maybe I don't know you how just much... love science and all of this so much yeah. that you just don't care and it's your life you know and yeah and you'd almost have you'd have to love and you it don't, I, and you really can't have a family i mean what do you what do you know you know it's like oh, no, i'm gonna live down down underneath the uh, the desert um, and there's no, like, even if you got out, they said there's no, uh, there's no habit, uh, inhabited area for 112 miles. So you can't exactly commute. Even if you work at the, I don't even know where the people at the agricultural station, do they bunk out there? Is there a apartment complex? Because it's, there's no, there's no living arrangements, uh, for 112 <laughs> miles. I, Those are like I, the same thoughts I have when i'm driving like on a turnpike out in the middle of nowhere and i'm like how do these workers the people that work at the turnpike even get here yeah. like how far do they have to drive down the turnpike to get here to work like i don't know that's yeah. basically the feelings i have <laughs> same and, feelings and do they, do they get a pass do they I, I always wondered about that if you work at the turnpike do you have to pay for it to be there do you, do you have to pay the the toll to get in or ah. <laughs> Yeah, you're or, you're paying you're you're paying the turnpike, uh, the state to work yeah. at the turnpike. At that <laughs> yeah, the first the first hour is covering your uh, your toll. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I used to I, I used to drive on the Ohio Turnpike, and there were, um, you know, there's like Howard Johnsons or McDonald's or whatever out in the middle of nowhere, and there, like there's no towns around. So where do these people come from that wash the yeah. dishes, and and where did they interview for this job? <laughs> 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 I think I'll get on the I think I'll get on the pike and just drive west until I find a place where I can get hired. You know, the help wanted sign in the window, and you were, you know, heading to Cincinnati. And you said to yourself, "Oh, I could work out here." Yeah, uh, it's it's just very peculiar. And on this one, if if you get a like in your job review, and do you, if you go down to the fifth level, are you in the worst situation or are you in the best situation because you're like you're actually working on real stuff, but you you work the furthest away from ever going home. It's almost like you're in orbit or something. Mm-hmm. So is that, you know, if you've been bad, do they send you down to level five or do you have to go up to level? Is the worst job having to sit in that red room and wait for the uh, the teletype machine to go dingling? I, mm-hmm. uh, I bet you level five is, is where everybody wants to get to, like all the scientists want to get to that work there, if they even know that level five exists. I, yeah, there's probably yeah, a lot they, of them that don't even know that it exists. They, <laughs> do you do you think the people in the agricultural station know 
that there's this thing under their building? I don't think so. Because no. anybody could come up and ask them questions or take them and interrogate them. That makes yeah. me wonder if there's a level six and they're the ones that Ooh. actually <laughs> mutate this thing before the end of the movie and level five people don't know about that. Oh, oh I would I would totally watch your sequel there, Jonathan. That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Every every sequel is just another level. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh the I know yeah, was the lizard people. <laughs> the ones that created the yeah. Uh, yeah. it's all just it's really just a circle of life. Um Wow, and what color is it? I don't know. Ultraviolet. That's what, yeah. You can't you can't see the color in normal human vision. Um, wow. Speaking of I, color, real quick. So we moved yeah. in the last couple minutes. We moved from level four to level five. D- those colors aren't that different, are they? No, it's more like dingy gray to uh, polar white. I guess I don't know what the what that color is. It's kind of a. I'm, I'm really not sure what what white that is. It's a very warm, like a milky white. It's not yeah. a, it's not like blue white, but you know, not like a. I guess I guess like to me the whole point of having the colors and having everything be the same color is just to remind everybody at all times what level they're on. Yeah. To to have two levels right next to each other that are that close on the spectrum, you'd be like, well, I don't. I think we could pick a different color. <laughs> yeah, and four is kind of uh, things that are on four is there's a big cafeteria, and there's bedrooms, so. Is that like the hotel? Is that where they have like, like basically housekeeping lives there because they're they're always cleaning up whoever's coming through? Um, I just the whole you know it's supposed to be a big complex, but the curve of that of that main corridor doesn't seem too wide. It doesn't it's, it doesn't seem like you'd have more than like eight or ten rooms on that entire floor. So I don't know how there there must be like bunk beds or something or a barracks of some kind. Ah. Uh, so many questions. I, I I could see this as a mini series. I mean, if you had if you had like twelve episodes and you just stayed on one level and talked about what's going on on one level, or uh, or maybe a video game. I don't know. I'm uh, just too many too many things to ponder. Yeah, um, it can become like underground mash or something. Yeah, yeah. For uh, some reason, it just reminds. I don't know. It just reminds me of mash. In just, I don't know why. Maybe it's the music. Maybe it's the colors. It might work better as a comedy. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, there was they... one moment in this movie. There was something that, oh, I remember. I'll just say it now. I know it's in a future minute. There was only one thing in this movie that made me laugh, and it was the old guy from the town. Someone was video chatting into the room, and the old guy like popped oh, up into the yeah. video and like looked <laughs> yeah. around or something, and I laughed. And that's like the I was like that is the I think. That's the only funny moment yeah. of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like the same same guy, Robert Jackson. He when uh, the the nuclear the nuclear bomb's gonna go off, and and uh, Doctor Hall is trying to get out of that big glove box spacesuit that he was in, and the nurse is trying to cut him away, and he's pulling the door open, and the <laughs> and the guy's holding the, the the old man's holding onto the baby, and he looks at him, he's like, Doc, you ain't gonna leave us, are you? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's like red alert, you know, self-destruct has been active, and all these. Ah, it's not never. Oh gosh, I've got some. Well, I have to say that for another minute. I've got so many <laughs> questions about that too. It's like five minutes to go. Everybody's just gonna sit there. That's <laughs> okay then. Um, 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, too much going on. Wow. Well, anyway, let's let's talk about this more uh, on on Friday. We'll, we have a, a couple of other things to discuss on Friday, but we, we can pick up there. Uh, Jonathan, when people want to hear your podcast, which is hev- heavily more entertaining than, than this particular move, where can they where can they find your uh, your talk, your talk on uh, one of my favorite movies, actually? Oh, which one? Princess Bride or UHF? Well, both actually. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, 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 I, I enjoy. My wife enjoys the Princess Bride more than I do, um, but oh. I enjoy UHF a lot more than she does. So we kind of even out. You're okay. Uh, okay. I'll, <laughs> let, I'll, let, I'll let this slide then. I have a different level. I have a different level of humor than she has. So. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a level six or five? Which yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you go to theprincessbrideminute.com, you'll find all of that there. And that one is not on hiatus. That one's actually finished. So I don't have yes. to think about that one anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's very good. And UH, UHF is, is, is also a, a great, one, great one to listen to. I, um, I, 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 that, let me ask this question while since you are a married couple. Uh, who, has, who has the um, – who's – preferences lean more toward comedy in your in your family um or the, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to describe this who uh who leans more toward the wheel weird al uh level of comedy probably jonathan i i would say definitely jonathan i like comedy but he's always liked like wacky out of here comedy and so I knew of Weird Al, you know, when I was a teenager, I knew of his, like, of, you know, some of his music, but I didn't follow it all along. When I started dating Jonathan, he had, like, all the Weird Al albums, a bunch of <laughs> uh, VHS with music video, Weird Al music videos uh. on them. And, you know, he had all of that. <laughs> he watched, he's the one that introduced me to MST3K and all of uh all of that stuff so my oh. my he, so he he's the instigator yes he is in a good <laughs> but, way <laughs> but to tabitha's credit that was uh a real big step forward in knowing that she was the one when uh my friend and i were watching mst3k she popped her head in the room and actually laughed and ah. i was like whoa uh, uh, a, a girl that laughed at this instead of scoffed at it. I think uh, I think I might need to pay attention here. She's mine forever. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Our our um our points of contention are um I love I one of my favorite movies is Raising Arizona, and it's one of my wife's least favorite movies is Raising Arizona. So we 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 it's like I thought you'd find that funny. I don't think it's that funny. It's just not that. And we, you know we have these discussions. That's our that's our. Uh, our break point on uh, on comedy. I don't know why she doesn't like it, but you know, it's to the to the point where I had said I was thinking this was years ago. I was thinking of doing a raising Arizona, and she said, "Oh, please, please don't do that." <laughs> I don't think I could handle a hundred plus episodes of that. So um, uh, we have. It's always interesting to see see the comedy things, but she does watch she does watch MST3K, so I'm I'm okay there, um, and. I don't know this one. Are you, uh, uh, are you a Joel or a Mike, oh. Jonathan? That is a tough one. I, I especially at the time, I would have definitely said Joel. 
Um, but I think I've I've seen enough funny Mike stuff that I I think they're kind of even. I uh, especially at this point now that there's even like a third generation of MST3K, now I can go back and say like some of my favorite episodes are actually Mike episodes, and the fact that the fact that Mike was already a writer on the show before he became yeah. a host that it's kind of like okay he was already there, you know I can I can be okay with with being a Mike person. So I'm not necessarily fully Mike, but I'm you know, I'm I'm Joel and Mike. And okay. maybe if I have to distinguish anything, I'd probably say I like the new stuff, but I don't necessarily it's it's not it's 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 different than a Joel and Mike thing. Now yeah. it's 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 a new crew and I kind of look at the whole crew instead of just the host and oh okay and i think it's funny but my favorite parts are just when they're in the theater like i don't necessarily care for a lot of the stuff when they're the host their, parts, their hosty yeah. things mm-hmm. yeah um i've i've tried to catch the, the new one and it just i i get the feeling they're trying too hard it's like it, there's there's a certain there was a certain chemistry both with joel and with mike in, in whatever stages they were doing it they had a certain chemistry, and I feel like um, the the new the you know the Netflix ones they've kind of amped it up a little too much, and it it does it's it's lost its quirkiness to me. But uh, I, you know, again, it's it's not. It's, I think it's built for a different generation now, so there's different reference points, and maybe that's maybe that's where I'm missing the comedy. Uh, that, yeah. You know, that's there's some through. funny there's some funny episodes, but some things like it's just hard. You know when they gave Gypsy a different voice. It's like, I just yeah, can't get I, I, past I, that for some reason. I, I know people will fight against it, but that that is my least favorite thing about the new the new stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, I like Patton Oswalt. I like Felicia Day. I just don't like them in this venue. And mm-hmm. I, uh, it's, it's just a little, it, it's, it's like you're watching, uh, you're watching Wizard of Oz and, um, you know they've they've re they've recast Judy Garland and it's like wait a minute this isn't you know yeah it's only with now it's with more music and with more you know that that's the way it it feels with me but anyway I know people there's everybody has their own taste and they I'm, it, they are actually getting a whole new generation of people who who like MSG3K there I, it's uh if you watch the older episodes of uh you know the uh, the Comedy Central uh, era. I keep thinking there's so many jokes now that you know kids in their 20s won't get simply because they don't have the reference points anymore. You'd need mm-hmm. like a you need like footnotes to understand the comedy. Well, uh, that that stuff even happened uh not to extend this even more, yeah. but even when I was a teenager watching Joel episodes and stuff like uh you know, they they would purposely put jokes that were very inside baseball for them. Like they would reference local people that they knew. Yeah. Um so for me, and not even just MST3K, but other things that I enjoyed, there was always that element of, I don't get all of these jokes. I understand that I don't get all of these jokes. Maybe I will someday, but maybe maybe not. And I'll just have to be fine with that. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, we've wandered we've wandered far from uh, from Andromeda, <laughs> but we will we will we will return to the to the topic on on Friday. Yeah. But thank we were down th- on level you. seven, I think, on that one. Yeah, yeah, that was oh seven and eight. They had a shovel and going into eight, I think. Yeah, so, we need um, to take off and uh, smoke our suppositories now. <laughs> yes, yes that's, that's what it is. Just a lack of sugar and too, you know not enough coffee. Wow. Well, uh, well, let's let's pick up the. We'll end the first hour here on Friday. Um, so in the meantime, uh, folks, while you're listening, uh, uh, please. 
well, I, I say this every time, but it really means a lot. Please wear a mask, stay six feet apart from everybody, and uh, wash your hands, and hopefully we can get through this plague uh, rapidly. So uh, we will see you here as we end the week on Friday on the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.